Hi, welcome to the Bloody Bizarre podcast, the podcast where we talk about the weird and worse. Whenever you uh, introduce these and you start talking, it sounds like you're laying your voice down so carefully. I am. (laughs) I am because I don't know, like it feels very formal when I'm first starting it. (laughs) It's uncomfortable for me. Well, it's uncomfortable for me as well. My name's Emma. I'm Sarah. How would you describe this podcast to somebody who's never heard it before? I would say, please don't listen. Yes. What if they didn't know you? Oh, uh, I go, oh, the girls seem really cool. Yeah. There's these two girls. I don't really care about the content, but they're so witty. They have so much insight. Uh, Too much? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, if I was trying to explain this podcast to somebody, I would say that we talk about true crime, folklore, weird things, paranormal, high strangeness. Uh, in when deciding the name for this podcast, what, what were some of the other options that came up? I High think, strangeness was a front uh, runner. It, yeah, it was. It was for a while, and there was also like um, like crime rats or something like that. Like <laughs> crime rats, yeah, which I liked. What was the one that I wanted to do? Something sisters, and you said no because you didn't like the sisters. I, yeah, I hate the word sisters. I don't know why. Mm. It, yeah. it sounds dorky to me. We are sisters. If this is your first time listening, and if it's your first time listening, welcome. We um, have recently bought new microphones, so... Yeah, that'll be a post, I'm sure. Yes. On our gram, which you should also be following. Yes, Bloody Bizarre on Instagram. Um, We've also got a Twitter and we've got a Gmail, which is bloodybizarrepodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, And that can be found on the website. They might. Yeah, we have a contact form on our website. If you didn't hear that, Bex, uh, Bex on on um, Facebook, Messenger, call, whatever it is. She's in London. She's in London at the moment. All right. Well, this week, this week it's me. It's my turn. And I have a really horrible story for you today. I cannot wait. Really putting the bloody into Bloody Bazaar today. Love it. Because we're talking about Richard Chase, also known as the Vampire of Sacramento. Dick Chase. Oh, is he the one? No, that's Dick Wolf. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not an SVU stan like you. Well, yeah, maybe you should get to it. Mm. You don't have to be an SVU stan to know that Dick Wolf, the creator of SVU, is not the... Sacramento vampire. No, it's the same name. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I got I got Souses, um, Wikipedia, obviously Murderpedia, True Crime. I think this is the first time Murderpedia has made a um, an entrance, which is surprising. Yeah, but we don't always do true crime stories. That's I especially true. this is my first true crime story that I'm doing. Your first foray, and what a foray! Yeah, yeah. Sorry, continue. Uh, true Crime Seven dot com, and I also read a book uh dracula killer this is by ray biondi and walt Heacox. ray biondi it was the um, lead detective on this case and the police actually did a really thorough good job in this particular okay instance good to hear i'm gonna put a trigger warning on parts of this uh, i'll try and like before i get to the gross parts i'll like warn people again but there's animal cruelty there's a lot of blood there's necrophilia um, it's real. It's a really, it's a really disgusting one. So kind of runs the gamut of gross. It does. One. It does. And um, you know, on Red Handed, they have no eating warnings. Yeah. This would be like a no eating warning. Oh, also, I ha- 
have previously listened to the red-handed episode on this mm-hmm. i didn't listen to it right before but i have listened to it yeah there's also my favorite murder on richard chase i'm sure i've probably listened to that yeah. then yeah so feel free not to feel free to sit this one out if you're particularly sensitive about anything yeah i don't want to upset you but i upset I myself <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna upset emma i'm gonna upset all of us okay <laughs> let's just get into it All right. Richard Trenton Chase was born in May 1950 in California to parents Richard Sr. and Beatrice. He was raised in a very strict household and was regularly beaten by his dad. I'm going to talk more on his parents later because they have a lot to answer for in this case. Yeah. I mean, just knowing what he goes on to do. Yeah. I mean, like you can't, I, I actually have a lot of sympathy for people who are family members of people who commit horrible crimes. But Mm. in this specific case, his parents, like, I just, I was was so angry reading. A lot of nurture happened in this case. Yes. Mm. And no, actually the exact opposite. Not enough nurture, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, like. (laughs) It was his environment. Yeah. But. uh, mm. No, uh, no, no, because no, obviously he had um, mental illness, yes. a mental, mental illness that went unchecked, but then it's that. There's a real intersection here of this is a story of what happens when you have abuse, mental illness, and drugs all intersecting at the same time. It's like a worst case scenario, perfect storm. Lovely. Okay, so when he was four, his sister Pamela was born, and... To the outside world, the family appeared very normal. Richard played baseball. He was a Cub Scout. The family were like a well-liked. I was a Cub Scout. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I remember. I went for like half a day and I was like, fuck this. Um, yeah, so to the outside world, they were like this all-American lovely family. But behind closed doors, they were super fucked up. So as I said, he was beaten regularly. His dad used to force feed him, which is interesting when you get down the line of some of his behaviours. So he, he would be force-fed until he vomited. Mm. Uh, sorry. The little shithead neighbours are screaming outside, so if you can hear that on the track, sorry. I hate them just as much. Uh, Pamela recalls Richard being violently shaken by his dad. And sorry, who's Pamela again? That's the sister. The sister, sorry. Yeah, because yeah, Beatrice yeah. is the mother. Yes. Yeah. And he was also quite – the dad was quite emotionally abusive, so if Richard did something like spill a drink or, you know, like – just normal kid stuff his dad would scream at him mm-hmm. and the marriage was also really bad so yep. the mum and dad fought often and loudly in front of the kids i've read in certain places that the mum was also abusive but i couldn't find any specific examples of her being like overtly abusive towards him but that was also something that came up you might cover it but is she overbearing um, no, the exact opposite. Oh, wow. There's, you'll see, but okay. they took a particularly hands-off approach when things started going bad for right Richard. Um, so by age five, Richard was already exhibiting the three McDonald triad markers, which are bedwetting or enuresis, arson, and cruelty to animals. I've put a big asterisk next to this point about the McDonald triad because it's also called the, the triad of uh, sociopathy but these are all things that can come from severe child abuse as well so they talk about this being a marker that somebody's going to go on to commit violent crimes but i think that it's maybe more of a, a marker that a child has been abused and then it's actually abuse that leads to violent crimes that's my take on it anyway so yeah he was already showing all of this stuff by age five 
by 10. Oh, no. Yeah. Is it going to be the animals? Yes. Oh. Uh, he'd started torturing and killing neighborhood cats. Put was, a bullet in his fucking head. He was fascinated by their insides and their blood. He moved on to birds and other animals, even people's pet dogs. A piece of shit. Obviously. I have, I have zero sympathy for anyone who harms an animal. Harm a person, fine. There's reasons why people hurt each other. But an animal? No. Yeah, well, you'll go on to see that I don't think he really saw much of a difference between people and animals. No, yeah. I, and didn't really see them as, like, creatures with... Sentience or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He saw them as, like, a means to an end. Yeah, and he's like, I want to say what's inside this. Yeah. I'm going to open it up. Yeah. So obviously the neighbours started noticing their pets going missing, but they they didn't know what was going on. They were just like, oh, cat's gone missing, dog's gone missing. Yeah, and then there's little Richie out the front just he's staring just, into their windows. Yeah, he's just standing there like bouncing. Pissing himself. Bouncing yeah. a ball up and down, yeah. staring at them. Then one day Beatrice found one of the neighbourhood cats buried in with her flowers. She didn't do anything. Okay. She didn't, yeah, didn't yep. address she, it. She was like maybe buried in there like a little rabbit. Yeah. And yeah. died. Um, so Richard's early teen years were quite unstable. His mum started seeing psychiatrists because of the issues in the marriage. And the family ended up losing their home. And it was around this time that Richard had his first delusion. He thought, How, that, how old was he? I'm not well, sure roughly. exactly, but he was an early teen. Wow. That's mm. early. To, so I'm, I'm guessing that schizophrenia was an eventual diagnosis. I don't know if he ever got formally diagnosed, but that From is... From what you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's, that's very early for a male to have onset of schizophrenia. Yeah, because it's usually symptoms. around 27, isn't it? For men, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like late 20s. I guess it can happen earlier though, but yeah. Yeah. And you'll see there's also things that can accelerate it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So he his delusion was that he thought he was part of a 19th century outlaw gang mm. which is kind of cool but he was also showing some other quite weird behaviors around this time like he would regularly get up in the middle of the night to cook himself something but he would end up just standing there and burning a pan like oh. not he wasn't sleepwalking or anything he was yeah. awake he would yeah. just like turn a like turn the stove on yeah. and put a pan on the stove and burn it and he was also still wetting the bed and lighting fires. Yeah. And his parents didn't do anything. They didn't, like, send him to a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Uh, they... What year was this, sorry? You did say it was a 50. I was born in the 50s. He so was, was like born 60s, in the 50s, 70s. so I'm guessing this is, like, mid-60s. So, yeah, at this point, you can, like, have some sympathy that maybe his parents were a bit old school and were just sort of like, oh, mental illness isn't a real thing. He's just yep. being an idiot. He, he's, he's, this is part of growing up. Yes. I, yeah, but it gets worse. Yeah. So as a teenager, it's reported that Richard seemed kind of normal. So he even had a girlfriend um, oh. and he was even like a supposedly like kind of cute in high school. Yeah, well, because have you seen like photos of him? He's not an unattractive no, man, like bone structure and things he's like got that. A very, like, he's got delicate features. Like mm. He looks a bit like, um, in my opinion, Brent McKenzie of Flight of the Concords. Yeah, actually. Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah, he had he had a little girlfriend, but this relationship ended when he they tried to have sex and he could not maintain an erection. 
she broke up with him for that. Well, I don't know if I don't know how the breakup happened, but that's apparently what led to them breaking up. And also, I would have thought like if he's doing all this fucked up shit, that wouldn't be the only reason that she's breaking up with him. Yeah, like if they had a sleepover and he wet the bed, I'm sure. Like they yeah. tried to have sex, he couldn't do anything, and then he also wet the bed. I think she might have been like, "I'm 15. This is too much." Yeah, this is too much for me to handle. Yeah. <laughs> You need to speak to a professional. Yeah. So he was obviously very embarrassed by this and he came quite obsessive about it. And he he started to believe that his inability to get an erection was due to a lack of blood. Mm. And so... I mean, it stands to reason. Yeah, I guess. He sort of thought there's not enough blood in there to... It needs blood. It's not happening. Yeah, it so must be a I'm, blood issue. I must. <laughs> I must need. Yeah, this is about the time that this idea started getting into his head about mm. drinking animal blood. I don't know how was, that step. How that's the logical next step. Well, I guess he thought I can't drink human blood because that's not readily available to me. But I, why would you like immediately go to? Oh, I just need to drink blood then. Because you're you're thinking like I don't, I don't have, have enough, enough of it. blood. I need to get more blood and he's gone like i know that i can get animals really quickly and easily and Mm. kill them and no one does anything and i suppose if he's been ripping animals open since he was like 10 then he's like like, i know there's like at least like a liter in each animal or something like that i was reading something the other day about um delusions and hallucinations and how what is surrounding a person starts to become um like heavily features in their in their delusions and hallucinations and uh, and this might be the red panda book i'm quoting i think it is because not quoting speaking of um referencing yeah and they were saying that it was it was i'm talking about um andrea yates the one that murdered her five children by drowning them because she yeah she was obsessed with like um uh, good and evil and there was that preacher that was getting in her head and yeah and they were talking about how the um the fact that she was surrounded by all this god stuff mm. was factoring into her delusions really heavily yeah and her she was having like auditory hallucinations and mm. so it ma- it makes sense that if he is obsessed with blood and like guts and just seeing what's inside things and like and then he's going oh well i don't have enough blood in my body and that's why i can't um yeah. stay hard or whatever and it's interesting as things go on his delusions do start to like you can see more patterns like, this patterns yeah yeah okay so when he was 18 he actually did um seek help on his own off his own bat mm-hmm. seek help from a psychiatrist about mainly about his erectile dysfunction but he did reference some of his strange behavior uh-huh. so the psychiatrist said to him that it was due to repressed rage against women richard never sought further help he was like, I don't like that. Bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, respectfully, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I love women. I have a mum and yeah. a sister. And, and I did have a girlfriend. So I So how can I how can I hate women? My mum's one. <laughs> um as time went on he Oh good on him, honestly. <laughs> as time went on, he started to get grungy. So this is after high school. He stopped showering. He lived in filth. Nothing wrong with not showering often. Ugh. Let me just say, as I, someone I, that is very busy, I think there sometimes actually, you have to forego. I think there actually is something wrong with not showering often. <laughs> um, he lived in filth. He grew out his hair and he became isolated. His parents didn't do anything. He was still at home at this time. Oh. Um, keeping in mind that it was the 60s, so that grungy kind of disgusting hippie look was in in but at the same time i think if you are like not showering and you're stinky and you live in filth that's a different 
thing to being like just a bit of a hippie. Yeah. And he also was, I, I think I've written this further on, but he was, he started using drugs quite heavily. Which drugs? Uh, I believe pot, LSD and amphetamines. So uh, this is what I was. Sounds like a party. It does. But this is what I was referencing earlier with he, him having um, like schizophrenia, I assume. Yeah. And that's obviously exacerbated yeah, yeah, think yeah. something that can progress it. So for a little while, it did seem like things were getting a bit better for him. So he got a job, he applied to college, but the delusion started up again. And he um, started accusing his mum of trying to poison him. Instead of suggesting therapy or medication or something, his dad just bought him an apartment to get him away from them. <laughs> it was just like... Mm, so he was like i don't like this bye he was like you're weird and smelly yeah we don't like you in our house so um so please leave let's just shell out like thousands of dollars Uh, bye bye yeah exactly get out of here get out yeah they they didn't do anything once he was alone in his apartment he really started going off the deep end yeah yeah could have guessed Yeah. yeah So he started capturing animals and drinking their blood, eating them raw. He was making entrail smoothies with Coke. Wow. So, sorry, tr- trigger warning oh, yeah, here. Yeah, this yeah, gets disgusting. Yeah. So he would, he would like, put, like, entrails in. And then you know how, like, when you make a smoothie, you have to put, like, a bit of water on a milk? Liquid, yeah. He would but, use but Coke. Sh- I mean, f- feel free to cut this if it's too disgusting. But entrails are not dry. No, but he would, like, put, like, organs and stuff in. So it needed more liquid to make it more of like I'd a, like to prove him wrong, but I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't. You, you know, want to go make an entrail smoothie? I don't have any meat in the house. I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. Well, don't worry about being too disgusting because this gets so much worse. This okay. is nothing yep. compared to how disgusting this gets. So yeah, he, he started believing basically that if he didn't have this animal blood and entrails and eating these animals raw, that his heart was going to shrink. And he thought that his blood was turning to powder. Mm, yeah. So he needed this stuff to like keep his blood liquid. This is mm. like, um, do you remember the story of Issei Sagawa? No. He's the Japanese killer who became like a celebrity. Oh, yeah. And he yes. thought because he was small. I hate, hate, oh. hate this story. Yeah, that me one. too. He's like a little prick. Like he's Yeah, and because they made him famous. Yeah. Like yeah. they were like, oh, come on our game show. Come, come yeah, on out yeah. and do an interview. Oh, yeah, I hate Issei Saga. He's such a little shithead. Um, oh, and the people who made him famous. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I totally. mean, but I he know. Was like, his whole thing was, I'm small. I need to eat the flesh of bigger things to make me bigger. That was his whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But his wasn't delusions or hallucinations or anything like no. that. He was just a, a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, he was just a dumb piece of shit. I mean, like... I know we like to talk about these killers and stuff, but, like, there's no glorifying them or anything. I feel like he's no. been totally glorified. A hundred percent, yeah. Anyway, back to Richard. So, yeah, he thought that he had to keep eating them for his health and right. he had to keep drinking blood for his health. He thought yep. that if he didn't, he was going to die. So in 1975 at 25... <laughs> I think he, it's probably pretty obvious to see why, but he got really sick. He got uh, blood poisoning because he had started injecting blood into okay. himself. So he yeah. um, injected rabbit's blood. Yep. From there, he was forcibly committed. And I believe he actually escaped and went home to his mum. She didn't do anything. Uh-huh. She was just like, yeah. Cool. You're looking unwell, Richie. Yeah. Let's get you back to your apartment on your own. Yeah. I'll drive yeah. you back home. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll yeah, order you a taxi. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be in the car with you. Yeah, yeah. Just those track marks on your arm. Let's you know, put some band-aids on them. She like let him in the car, but was like, I'm just going to put some towels down first. <laughs> yeah. 
So he was later apprehended again and taken back. The people in the institution were scared of him. Um, and like a nurse went in one day and he had blood around his mouth and oh, he like made up some story. But they actually found out that um, there were birds that were like on his windowsill and he was like catching them, snapping their necks and then like drinking their blood and eating them. So they started calling him Dracula. Cute. Yeah. And I think this is where his like nickname sort of started yeah Yeah. in 1976 so a a year well it was 1975 when he was forcibly committed in 1976 his treatment was complete and he was deemed no longer a threat and was released was he on medication he was when he was released but after he got out his parents again funded a place for him and things got worse especially after his mum weaned him off his psychiatric medication So at that point, she is entirely responsible. Not, I mean, not entirely, because obviously he has to have some. Um, she's, there's degree, some but... culpability there. Yeah, yeah. and it, that's also what makes me think that these were like old school, like oh, psychiatry's a load of crap. Yeah, like yeah. So he started torturing and killing neighbors' animals again. Uh, developed an obsession with handguns, and because it's America, he was able to access one, even though he had just been committed forcibly. Um. Yeah, I, we, we love Americans and America. Emma lived there for six months. I've been to I America did. twice, but the gun stuff is insane. So he, he was, even back even back here, it yep. was insane. Yeah. Um, he was able to get his hands on a gun. And he also started getting really into certain serial killers and conspiracy theories, um, which, you know, I'm into as well. I was going to say, I, uh, uh, tread lightly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He stopped eating aside from the raw animals. Okay, yeah. He stopped showering, stopped grooming. Right. Um, so he, he became, like, really skinny yep. and disgusting. Yeah. Clifford's just farted. He's giving you a little taste of what Richard would have smelled like. Oh, my God. This is, you in a sec. This is a, um immersive experience. Yeah. Oof. They're right. It's filled the room. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, It's got that ability. It's, um, it's, a, it's a dense one. That boy ain't right. No. Richard also was not right. Yeah. You may have possibly felt bad for his parents or maybe thought that I've been a bit hard on his parents. But listen to this. This is so fucked. Um, Animal cruelty warning. If you like cats, this is I like cats. Yeah, I like cats Frankie can probably hear us. Sorry, Frankie. Frankie's my cat. One day in 1977, he randomly went to his mum's house with a dead cat. Yeah. She opened the door and he threw it on the ground, ripped it open, ripped its stomach open, like with his hands, ripped its stomach open, smeared its blood all over himself while screaming. She was just standing there watching. She was just standing there. And do you know what she did? She calmly shut the door. <laughs> that was all she did. Literally nothing else. Like, See, that makes me think she's she's witnessed him do some other fucked up shit and has also done nothing. Yeah. And so this is a standard day for her. It, it, oh, Dick ben, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you. Yeah. So his behavior came even worse. It started sort of escalating a little bit. Police found him out in a field with a bucket of blood and a cow's liver in his car. He then went around the street shooting randomly, Mm -hmm. just like suburbia like this. He just went around shooting his gun and he actually shot a bullet through a woman's window. Nobody was hurt in that instance, but it does mark a bit of a like escalation. Mm -hmm. He's now sort of targeting, kind of targeting people because that. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least showing like such a disregard. Yeah. Yep. But 
the end of that year, on the 27th of the 12th, 1977, he actually commit his first murder. So the victim was Ambrose Griffin. He was a 51-year-old engineer and a father of two, and he just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was completely random. Yeah. He was helping his wife bring the groceries in. Uh, and Richard just went past and shot him in like a drive-by. Yeah. Um, and it was so random that his wife actually thought that he just had a heart attack because he just right. like dropped. So he wasn't caught for that, but the police did figure out that the gun that shot Ambrose was the same type, the same gun that had been, because obviously people called the police when there was like shots being fired into random houses. Yep. So they figured out that was the same person. What kind of gun was it? I did not write that down because I'm not interested in guns. Okay. Um, but it was a handgun. Yep. So, so yes, yeah, so they figured out it was the same person. Um, Richard would have been so scary to live near. Just a week after this murder, he asked his neighbor for a cigarette and then physically restrained her until she gave him the whole pack. He was scraggly, dirty, emaciated. He often had blood on him. Like he yeah. just walked around with blood on him. Yeah. And he also supposedly was always wearing a bright orange jacket, like like a reflective one or like I don't I don't know but yeah. like bright orange so he stood yeah. out everyone would have been like oh, yeah, there's, there's crazy dick yeah yeah crazy dick whose dick don't work <laughs> <laughs> yeah an ironic name for some yeah. yeah 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 a couple of weeks later oh I'm gonna have a drink because yeah I'm gonna have a drink too um I made as uh, rum and dries for anyone who's wondering A couple of weeks later, he tried to get into a woman's house and Mm -hmm. she was watching – she was inside and she could see him try the front door. She saw him go and try the windows. Mm -hmm. He went and tried the, like, back or side door or something and she was standing there. So she came face to face with him and was just standing Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. She had all the doors locked, so Mm -hmm. he didn't, like, try and break through or anything. Mm -hmm. She came face to face with him and she said that he had, like, a completely blank look on his face, just looked Mm -hmm. at her and then left. This is the thing that I remembered from this case is that he saw locked doors as a sign mm. that he wasn't welcome yep. and open unlocked doors as an invitation, which is interesting. I think how you were talking before about the um, when people surround themselves with certain things, it becomes part of their delusions. Mm. I wonder if when he started getting that nickname of Dracula, if he started reading about vampires because you know how vampires have the story of vampires, like the law of vampires is that they have to be invited in? No. Okay. Well, that is a vampire thing. That's okay. a vampire trope. What? So if there's a vampire at, the, at your door and even if the door is unlocked, you have to say, come on in. Well, I don't think they, I don't think lock versus unlock is okay. the door, but there's that thing about they have to be like welcomed in. Oh. So he, he saw. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, right. they have to be invited over the threshold. So he obviously just sort of started taking locked doors as like, oh, that's my, I haven't been invited. Yeah. And if the yeah. door is unlocked, oh, that's an invite. Yeah, it's also like very, um, I don't know, like um, like evidence of s- such skewed thinking. Yes, yeah, like really, really strange logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I this is the main thing I remembered from this case back yeah. when I heard about it a long time ago because mm. ever since I have, even in lock the daytime, mm. been like, I'm just going to make sure my front door's locked. My door's locked right now looking at the lock. Yeah, I locked it when we came back in. <laughs> so on, I believe it was the same night that he tried to get into this woman's house. He ended up entering a young family's house while they were out. He stole some of their stuff. He pissed into their baby's clothes drawer and took a shit on their son's bed. 
I do not understand why. I, I don't know what that has to do with his delusions or his needing to drink blood or anything. It, to mm. me, it just seems really, like, disrespectful. Like, I don't understand it. The family actually came home while he was still in the house, oh. which is so freaking scary. Yeah. And the dad tried to grab Richard. Like, yeah. was like, what the fuck, why are you... In my-? So he, he was, like, chasing him, but Richard escaped. And the thing that is so scary to me about that as well is I'm sure Richard had a gun at yeah. that time. So mm. it's, yeah, it's scary to think about. If you're that family imagine like being that close to yeah like in a few days i'd imagine that they were like holy shit creep that was in our yeah yeah we have his shit remnants in our in our bin (laughs) yeah so he continued on until he came to the home of david and Teresa wallen this is where it gets really upsetting so feel free to like skip over this part it gets super super gory i i think i've left some details out but it's like Awful. Okay. Uh, David was at work and Teresa was at home. She was just about to take the rubbish out. So the door was unlocked. She was literally in the hallway, in the doorway, had a bin bag in her hand when Chase walked through the door and pointed a gun at her. She dropped the rubbish, put her hands up, but he shot her at point blank range and she she died pretty like pretty much instantly i think he shot her three times Mm -hmm. um it's really sad she was three months three months pregnant and her and her husband planned to call the baby dane it was their first baby richard dragged her body into the bedroom and raped the corpse and was finally able to maintain an erection he then mutilated the body cutting out internal organs so so then his his lack of so his erectile dysfunction was then it was like a, a a control thing or a power thing then or something to do with violence or yeah but then that's ultimately like control and power isn't yeah. it so that's interesting and it also was he, he sexually abused as a kid doesn't say but yeah it also if you think about it it will kind of confirm things in his brain because he thinks like I need to do these things. It's the only way to fix my erectile dysfunction and to fix my blood problems. And then now he's like escalating mm. to people and finally his problems are solved. He's, yeah. he's probably attributing it to, oh, all this blood that I'm drinking is working. Yeah. Like, yeah. So anyway, um, he, he mutilated her body. He used a bucket to collect the blood and like smeared it all over himself. He... He cut off one of her nipples and then he, like, got the blood out and he used an empty yogurt container that had dropped out of the bin and, like, filled it up with blood and then was drinking out of it. Oh, God. That's so yucky. He then went outside. I don't understand this part either. This is another bit where it's like it doesn't fit in. Mm -hmm. Um, So he went outside, got picked up dog poo, stuffed it down her mouth and throat. Like, why? That has nothing to do with. Well, I guess it's it's all, like, bodily stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Like, yeah. if you're trying to find, like, some a, kind a, of a reason. thread, yeah. 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 But also, I think, interesting when you think about, like, the way his dad, like, used to force feeding. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like, I, I guess it's, it's kind of like taking back that control and then also inflicting that on mm. someone else, even though that, that person is dead. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So her husband found her. Yeah. Um, when he first walked in the door, he, there was blood. There was blood all over the floor. And at first, he thought it was oil. He didn't know what was going on. Right. He was like, "Why is there oil on the floor?" Yeah. And um, he thought it was weird that like none of the lights were on and the music was still playing. Like he was like, "What the hell?" And then yeah. he obviously walked in on this horrific scene. Um, he did do an interview a couple years ago 
where he talked about that night and it sounds like it just absolutely destroyed him. Like, oh, of course. Like he said that he d- he doesn't remember many details, but he remembers screaming so loud that all the neighbours started like coming to the door and stuff. Yeah, it sounds really, really horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty intense. So two weeks later, he was at it again. And remember, this is all within the span of like a month. So when he killed Ambrose, it was the end of December. And this is happening in January. And so So the police didn't link him to this? Not at this. Not after this first one. Uh They they did call the FBI in, but uh, not immediately that they didn't know that it was the same gun or whatever. Yeah. But two weeks later, he was at it again. So he he wasn't even trying not to be... Like, he was doing weird shit all over the place. Like, he bought um, puppies from his neighbour. And then, like, a week later, he, he killed them, drank their blood. Yeah. And then he went and dumped the bodies of the puppies back on the neighbour's lawn, which is so fucked up and weird. And, like, yeah. the neighbours had seen him. He bought the puppies, so they yeah. knew who he was. And, yeah. like... It's just so strange. That no, no, like not trying to get caught. I'd like to yeah. know what he did after he killed that woman. What his like post kill, yeah, actions were. Like if he just went home or yeah. Less than a week later, on the twenty seventh of January. So this is just a month after the first murder. He commit his last set of murders. Set of murders because he killed a bunch of people in one go with this one. Again, this is so awful. Like, I don't even know if I should go into all the details, but you can look it up and there's, like, horrible, horrible details. It it took me a while to calm down. I had to watch a lot of Shit's Creek after this to calm down. So he entered the home of Evelyn Miroth. She lived there with her six-year-old son, Jason. Uh, on this particular night as well, she was also babysitting her nephew, David, who was nearly two. He was only, like, yeah, he was two months of being two and there was a neighbor that had just popped over to visit called dan meredith so richard killed dan first shooting him at point blank range in the head and that was it for dan he didn't do anything else to dan he just shot Mm. him and then moved on jason was next they believe so he they think tried to run to his mum's room but richard shot him twice in the back of the head and then it's believed he shot baby David. This is, they think, because nobody survived. So he then entered the bathroom where Evelyn was and shot her, dragged her corpse to the bed, you know, did the same thing, raped her corpse while drinking her blood at the same time. And this is so yucky. He was like making little cuts in her neck while he was, yeah. Once he was done, he started stabbing the corpse. He was stabbing so violently that it went all the way through her body. Yeah, he was like frenzied. Frenzied, yeah. yeah. He proceeded to drink her blood and following this, he went and retrieved David's body. That's the baby. He was interrupted at this time by a little neighbor girl who had a play date with Jason who knocked on the door. Mm. Luckily, the little girl didn't go inside, so she Mm. didn't see this horrible scene. But Richard freaked out and bolted and stole Dan's car. See, does that not suggest a level of him knowing that what he's doing is wrong? Yeah, some yeah. on some level, obviously. Yeah. So because he stole Dan's car, this kind of alerted the neighbours. So I guess they must have seen or heard and been like, mm. what the what the hell? Mm. So they, um, it says their neighbours entered the property. I don't know if the neighbours entered or called the police, but it okay. says the neighbours entered the property and yep. obviously promptly called police. While escaping, Richard took David's body with him. That's the baby. The yeah. baby, yeah. When he got home, he cut off his head. And he was drinking the blood, eating parts of the organs, like just all kind of disgusting stuff. And then he finally dumped the body behind a church. Okay. So 
we're, we're through the most disgusting things now. I think it's interesting to note that he's obviously indiscriminate about who he kills, but it's weird that he treats men, women, and children very differently. Mm. So the guy, he just shot him. He didn't do anything. Mm. He didn't do anything to him. And you'd think that if you wanted to fill your body with blood, you'd think, well, I'll go for the strongest, biggest Mm. blood, Mm -hmm. which is the the biggest, like the man, you know? Yeah, but obviously not. He's, He's treated the women with, like, obviously the most contempt and like has really just fucked them up um and then the children he has just drunk the blood but like eaten and drunk the blood yeah but it's the women who are like like the the point of the rage yeah exactly and it's also very clear that he's like have you heard the the term like a product killer versus a process killer yeah Yeah. so he's obviously a product killer which Mm. is they don't they're not into it because of like they don't like the killing Mm. they're not into like watching the life drain out of someone's eyes it's the the body afterwards and the things they can do with the body killing is just a byproduct it's a means to an end yeah like we said before so i guess if there's one like tiny shred of something to hold on to here it's that at least these people's deaths were quick Mm -hmm. and even though it's disgusting and so horrible what happened to them afterwards at least they weren't tortured they were like they this was they were post-mortem when this happened yeah so um the fbi were called in obviously because what the fuck like (laughs) i think the cops would have been like yep nah they're like we don't we don't want to look at these pictures anymore yeah yeah (laughs) so they actually and this is where i think the guy who wrote the book was called in so they created a profile which was incredibly accurate they said the killer would be a loner malnourished tall have bad personal hygiene so they were like pretty specific in Mm. like i don't know how they would know he was tall i guess the the gun angle now this description that they put out this rang a bell for one nancy holden nancy had been a former classmate of richard and on the night that he killed Teresa, that was the girl who was pregnant with the bin bags richard had actually stopped nancy at the shops and asked for a ride i think it was probably before he committed the murder i'm assuming because he would have had blood all over him otherwise but also actually the, the first thing he said to her this is so weird and so fucked up first thing he said was were you on the motorbike when kurt died he just mm. went up to her and said that because when she was in high school her boyfriend kurt had died in a motorbike crash and obviously yeah. richard had remembered this yeah and so nancy didn't know who he was at first and then when he said that she like looked at him and was like oh what the fuck it's like Richie. richard yeah. yeah because remember richard was kind normal of normal in high school, in high school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah on on the outside yeah exactly so she was freaked out by how crazy he looked and said no but when she heard this pro well i actually Uh, don't know if she said no i think it was more like she just kind of like backed away and ended up like being like yeah cool richard bye so when she heard this profile that the fbi put out she reported this to the police and the police did a background check and found the rego for his gun which matched all of the murders and the shootings into the house so he was arrested in January of 1978 um, outside of his apartment. He was carrying a blood-soaked box. He still had Dan Meredith's wallet on him inside his apartment. There was blood absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Everything was covered in blood and organs. His blender had coagulated blood stuck on it, so he wasn't washing it. It was like... Have you seen the pictures from his apartment? I haven't. <laughs> have you? I'm sure I have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> um internal organs from his murder victims were found in tupperware and cling wrap in the fridge yeah it was very obvious that yeah you know yeah 
Um, he was found guilty of first-degree murder and they did not accept him to be legally insane, which I okay. find very interesting. Yeah. He was sentenced to death in the gas chamber, but before they ended up carrying that out, he took an overdose of his antidepressant medication. And he was taking antidepressants throughout this? Well, no, no, no. I, th- I believe this is like after he was arrested. Oh, okay, I'm sure yeah. they would have been like, okay, we've got to get yeah, you on something. Yeah, first things first. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, he was still acting crazy in jail. Uh, when a, This is so weird. It's the only thing that's, like, slightly funny. Just the, like, the imagery of it is quite funny. Yep. Um, when a detective went to speak to him in jail, they were, like, having a chat, and Richard pulled out of his pocket a handful of mac and cheese. <laughs> okay. gave it to the detective. Can I interest you in some mac and cheese in this trying time? <laughs> Just, like, uh, like... Mm. Yeah. And it was like, you need to test this. They're poisoning me. Oh, so he kept it for testing purposes. Yeah. yeah what did the detective say? He was like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I doubt he took it. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't it. believe it was in a container or anything. Yeah. I believe loose it was a handful yeah. of loose mac and cheese. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that, that's pretty much where it ends. Look, Richard was a disorganized killer. He chose victims at random. He didn't plan things much, if at all. Did he, he end up being executed? He killed himself. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he left stacks of evidence. So my question to you is, do you think he was fit to stand trial? Do you think they made the right call with... Look, I think he uh, probably... The brutality of his crimes and the, the era that it was in, he probably needed to be killed so that the community saw that there was... They probably needed that. You know, yeah. I don't. I think now he would be found not guilty by reason of insanity, and he'd be committed to, yes, a hospital. See, I think that he. I think it's quite clear that he had like untreated schizophrenia or something like yeah. that, some kind of psychotic. Yeah, disorder. I think I'd need to know more about his um, pre and post crime behavior. Yeah. Um. Whether he whether he did try and evade police immediately after you know i know Mm. that he was keeping it all in his house out in the open whatever he was dumping puppies and stuff on the neighbor's lawn but i think i'd need to know i need to know a little bit more whether before i said well they said that um like part of the prosecution's case was that he wore gloves during certain parts and they were like that proves he was trying to hide it but i don't i don't know if it does I don't know if it does entirely, but it is it is uh, it is something. Mm. Um, because if he's so if he wants to smear blood all over himself, he's got no problem touching anything. Yeah, it was I, and I I'm not sure what, what at what time fingerprinting was becoming a big thing, but um, I think it would be at some point during that time. You want to say something, Beck? Do you want us to be quiet? No. So um, there was no mention of the parents having any kind of culpability in this. It's just like they were like, oh, what were we to do? Crazy Richard. Poor us. I I don't think there was any kind of definitely no legal ramifications. I feel like if it was today's time, there would be some kind of legal fallout for them. But I, I have a feeling that the reason that he was... Like, they said, yeah, yeah, he's saying he's fit to stand trial. I think it's just because of how fucked this case was. That's what I think. I think probably the the community needed for him to go down for this because it was so brutal and um, Yeah, and they were like, and... we don't care. If... We don't care if he's, if he's not sane. Yeah, he, um, he needs to die. He, he, need, he needs to be off this earth. 
I'm sure that's... I mean, he killed a baby. He cut its head off. He drank its organs. That is so messed up. Like, the things he did were so messed up that I think it was maybe kind of irrelevant to the jury whether he was fit to stand trial or not. Yeah, and I don't know what at what time at what point in time not reason by guilty not guilty by reason of insanity came in. I think it was the 60s. Was it this um, Oh, well, I know actually it was like the 1800s that there was some wasn't it? Some, I, don't, I don't know. You're telling the story. Um let me think for a sec. Oh, that's right. It was the guy that tried to assassinate um the British Prime Minister um oh. Peel. Ah. Uh, but he shot his assistant or something like that and he was found not guilty by reason of insanity and that was early days so it's been around for a long time so it was yeah it, like, it was definitely in this case that's what yeah. the, the defense was trying to claim yeah, because okay. there was no way that they could say he wasn't guilty it was very obvious he was guilty yeah. they were just trying to say trying to, he's insane so he it, it can't was, yeah, yeah yeah i think i'd have to know a little bit more before i was uh look my thoughts are he was not not guilty because but he also there. i don't really care yeah <laughs> yeah i don't care he he was not a he didn't need to be around i don't know that sounds harsh but i don't really care he was disgusting you're gonna get some kickback for that i know i know but yeah anyway that is the disgusting and extremely bloody story of richard chase love it you do <laughs> <laughs> Yay, love that. (laughs) That's my favorite story I've ever heard. (laughs) Uh, No, look, great job. A disgusting Mm. story and Mm. I'm glad that you covered it and I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, You chose it. I know, I know. Well, I just went, I was thinking like, ooh, bloody, bizarre. Ooh, I know a really bloody story. But you didn't know the extent. Yeah, I... Yeah, you could have pivoted halfway through. I I did that. I know, I should have. But anyway, it's done now. It's done, it's done. It's in the books. It's done. So anyway, um, what will you be talking about next week? Next week, I'm going to be talking about pirates. Cut that. (laughs) (laughs) Yar. Okay, all right. Well, stick around for that. If this episode's made you sad and disgusted, then... I'll bring you back up with the old pirate chat. Oh, look at Becky's breakfast. Yum, my appetite's back. Becky's showing us her breakfast this morning. It looks like it's a bit of a potato jams, a croissant, some scramby eggs, some tomato, and then what looks like some kind of um, pastry as well. No meat in there. No, <laughs> Becky's a vegetarian as well. But also after that story, I don't think you'd want to be eating meat yeah, at, yeah. That, at that time. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Thanks for listening. Tell, Thank you. Tell your friends to listen. Um, I imagine um, at least Megan's listening. Yeah. And probably Shannon. Yeah. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Megan. <laughs> Don't tell your friends because they know us as well and we're embarrassed. Yeah. Okay. Bye, oh, everyone. Oh, wait. Oh. Uh, follow on, uh, us on everything that we mentioned at the start. Yeah. Follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have a website. We have an email. Um, see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.